It's 10 after 10 o'clock. Welcome to the second hour of The Talking Point. Coming up in this hour, we're speaking to young people about the upcoming elections. And we want to find out from them, do they feel that they are being meaningfully engaged when it comes to election processes and how do they feel about participating? Will they be voting um, in the upcoming elections? It's part of the conversation um, that we will have over the next hour. Before we get to it, however, lots of your WhatsApp voice notes and text messages from uh, the open line. We'll take some of those voice notes and then get into the second hour's conversation. Uh, this is Kathy. This is John in Bloemfontein. One thing I know about us, the youth, we complain a lot. A lot, but do we act? No. Uh, some of us do want change. We do want change. Uh, we saw people we, we haven't seen in, in a very long time. We were chilling there at the house on sat, sat Friday and Saturday. They came, they tried to speak to us. We were not interested. We told them to leave. But can the same anger be uh, shown when we vote? I doubt, because a majority of people I know would say they will not even be voting. But why are we complaining when you're not, you're not uh, doing something about it? Let's go out and vote, guys. Let's go out and vote. Whoever you want to be in power, vote for that party so that you can see what you want uh, to happen happen. Thank you. Yeah, Casey, about that caller, who's that uh, Langa? who was actually bringing the point of uh, Mr. President sounding protective uh, in favor of Tulas uh, I've heard him as well, uh, Casey. Langa is in order. It's, the, it's the only that you don't understand him, you see. So the, the president sounded very protective in favor of Tulas Ngaisi, saying, no, 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 people don't, shouldn't go for the ESA, ESA, ESA. There's an element there's an element of, of, of favoritism on the part of the president in, in favor of Tulas Nice. That's, that's the point. Thank you. Uh, good, good morning, Kathy. It's Brian here from Protiaglen. I think this thing of voting in South Africa, it doesn't work. We need to check at the wards and the municipality where this political party are governing. Let's take instance, if let's say the DA is failing in the Western Cape, they can change the DA for ANC, Action SA or EFF. If ANC is failing in Jobek, they can do likewise, they can change for the EFF or DA. That's, that's the only way will save South Africa because it's not just a one line road where we have to say the ANC, the ANC, where other municipality, the opposition is also failing. This election thing doesn't work for me. Thank you. Kureus, Kathy, and the listeners, anonymous from Pretoria. There was a function or marathon held at the union building. Now, at one of the parking bays, they now suddenly cleaned it up, made it look professional, and all that. That place was not looked after, I think, for the past three years. So three weeks ago, they found a body there. Now suddenly, now they cleaned. If that place was kept clean and there was security and all that, 
they won't find people being murdered there. That service delivery for you now from the government. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point. So recently, Statistics South Africa released the latest census numbers, and they say that there are at least 62 million people in South Africa. Of those 62 million people, 39.7 million are voting age population. But currently, we have 26.2 million that are on the voters' roll. So that comes out to about 66% of the population that's on the voters' roll. Everybody else is not registered. And the number of young people among those who are not registered to vote is incredible. It sits at 14 million currently. Part of the drives over the youth register over the voter registration is to try and get as many young people to register to vote as possible. As a collective, young people alone could vote in their government of choice. But the reality is that the majority of them are not even eligible to participate in the election process because they do not register to vote. So why is this the case? Joining me for this conversation, we're joined by a number of young people who'll just be speaking about their views, who'll give us a sense of how they feel about elections, how they feel about voter registration, and whether or not they're going to be participating in the elections. Joining me in studio is the chairperson of Project Youth South Africa and vice chairperson of Baswa Connect, and that is Vahangwele Tzotezi. Vahangwele, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Good morning to you too, Kathy, and your listeners. Zenith Quinana is a writer, public speaker, also doing her postgrad at Stellenbosch University. Zenith, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Naledi Matlangu is a young person. She lives in Lotus Gardens. Naledi, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. And Muteo Moragile is an unemployed first-time voter. Also, he and Muteo was based in Harangua. Muteo, good morning. Grand rising, Kathy. Grand rising to the listeners. I want to first start off by asking you. Um, we had the voter registration this past weekend. I want to know how many of you are actually registered to vote, just being part of this conversation, and what do you feel about voting? Vahangwele, you have the first go because you are sitting in studio. Um, did you participate this past weekend, or you already know that if your details are up to scratch? Are you on the voters' roll? Um, yes, I am on the voters' roll. Um, also, within our organization, we're actually helping, um, encouraging young people to go out and uh, and vote and register to vote. But uh, I am on the voters' roll. I just had to go and double check, see everything is okay, and just um, see where is my voting station. Uh, it's all system goes with me. Um, I cannot wait for next year's elections. Now, lady. Good morning, Kathy. I'm I'm not on the voters' roll as I believe that I don't want to be part of voting. Okay, Motel. Uh, yes, I did register. I registered online, even though it was a challenge. Uh, given that I'm a first-time voter, I believe that uh, we had the cross votes, so that's why I ended up 
having to register to vote this time around. You say given that you're a first-time voter, you believed that what? I missed part of what you said there? I believe that we are at the crossroads as okay. South Africans and as the youth. Okay. So we're at a crossroads as a country and you want to be part of, um, you know, what happens next effectively. Indeed. Zenith? Yes, I am definitely on the voters' role. I voted in 2019 for the first time and then I moved to Stellenbosch, so I actually just updated my details on the online system to change my station. All right. We're going to continue the conversation with our young people. We're talking about um, elections and what is it that can be done to get more young people to participate in the electoral system. All of that coming up after this break. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on The Talking Point. We're focusing on young people and in particular their participation within the electoral system and specifically, I think, just voting. Are young people being engaged meaningfully on the question of voting? We've got quite a number of them that are on the line this morning. We've already started off with asking them whether they're registered to vote. So out of the four, three are registered to vote. Um, Now, Lady, of course, uh, says that she's not registered because she doesn't plan on voting. Now, Lady, tell me why. Why aren't you interested in participating in the elections? Thank you, Kate. The reason I don't want to be part of the voting is because the government does not want to give African youth job opportunities and business opportunities. We are now frustrated by many foreign-owned businesses instead of government prioritizing and giving us jobs after we've completed schools. They actually assist foreign-owned businesses. They don't give us any business assistance. They don't give us any funding. There are red tips whenever you want to open a business as black youth in South Africa. There are a lot of rules or laws that block us not to operate a business, a successful one, and the government never wanted to introduce any assistance to black-owned youth businesses. Youth is now depending on social grants, not an income. The government undermines youth instead of giving us job opportunities or business opportunities. They give us grants which which are not paid sustainably so. They pay us three fifty, so I don't see a point in voting for a government that only sees me as a grant recipient. Why should I vote for a government that sees me as an older person, as a pensioner? They don't want to see me as a successful young business owner. They don't see me as somebody who should earn a decent salary. All people are sitting in parliament while youth is sitting at home. Why pensioners in, in parliament doesn't want to give us youth job opportunities? We are not given fair opportunities of businesses. We are not given jobs to earn salary. We are only given grants. And the most important thing that is worrisome, youth is now given opportunities to smoke drugs and the government is not doing anything about the drugs issue. Because now majority of youth are using 352 to fit their habits. The government is not arresting anyone selling those drugs to youth. They don't employ us. There are no sporting facilities in Lotus Gardens. There are no walls where we can do drama or hold events. And when we make proposals for those things, the government is not supporting of that. Municipalities are not supporting of youth programs. Generally, 
our government is not supporting youth. It's not giving youth jobs. It's not supporting their programs. It's not supporting of their businesses. They can't even fund businesses owned by South Africans. Mm. So these politics are not working for me. Our education system is wrong because after school, we are not employable. So it means there's something wrong with the black township or rural education. Why is it that after matriculating, they employ foreigners instead of African youth? What is wrong with this education system? And why is it that the politicians take their children to minority schools? Why are they not taking them to local schools? So, Naledi, just then to, to, to understand, right, all of the complaints that you have raised around government would be an ANC-led government. But you, you know, in, in at elections, you've got the options of picking. I think we now have close on 600 parties that have registered for um, elections. I don't know ultimately how many of them will be on the ballot paper, but there's no shortage when it comes to the options for political parties in this country. Are the, politi- are the other political parties not an option? And if not, why? They are an option, but are they going to make the change that we need? So what what does that mean? Does that mean that because you're not sure about what government under any other party other than the ANC will be, you're not willing to even give a vote to some of the other parties? Yes. Okay. All right. That is the view of Naledi Mahlangu. Moteo, let me bring you in here. You are unemployed, but you still believe in voting. In fact, this is the first time that you're going to be voting. What will you be looking for, Moteo, in a party that you vote for? Okay, first of all, Katie, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I firstly want to say that I understand where Naledi is coming from. Because of how would you expect the youth to vote if two sides of the spectrum is that, first of all, we, we, we are not educated politically, we are not educated on policies, we are not educated on how to pass bills. Right now we have an immigration problem and there's a thing called the white people, the youth, most of do not know anything about it. Secondly, is that, you know, how can you also expect the youth to participate in, in, in politics and elections if we are not seeing any results? You know, it's like... <laughs> It's like asking uh, a 10-year-old to go and support Kaiser Chiefs. It, it, it doesn't balance out. So for me, given that it will be my first time and I didn't participate last time, it's because of right now I feel that we have to have a change of strategy, right? Uh, I feel that there are few political parties which are speaking to the youth, even though the problem is that there's no transparency with the political parties that we do see. They do speak to us, but there's no transparency in terms of leadership. There's no transparency in terms of governance. So being that I'm raising these points is that uh, I'm trying to, you know, to speak to those parties and to say that, look, from us as the youth, we say that we are going to vote, right? And as we are going to vote, we expect now change in terms of governance. We want to see uh, more youthful people in government. We want to see uh, the change in unemployment rate, which is right now it's 70%. I mean, that's, that's, that's disheartening. And then we also want to see the youth being 
funded in terms of business funds. And also I wish that we, there, there could be a system that, you know, prepares us from high school in terms of education, education-wise, that prepares us in terms of being educated politically and how to pass bills and policies so that when we transition from matric into being youth, we are more prepared. So that's why I am voting this time around. And like I said, it's a change of strategy. And, and, and Motel, tell me, which are the parties that you believe speak to the youth? Because you said, um, you know, you said that there are parties that you think you, that you believe speak to you, but there are questions about transparency in those parties. Uh, well, there. For, for example, right, you have the EFF, you have the uh, you have Arise, and you have Patriotic, Patriotic Alliance, you have uh, ADCP. So these parties, they speak to me in in a sense of. Uh, when you look at their policies, land, the land question, because of, um, I'm, I'm an African child, so, you know, land matters to me. The land question, once, one of the parties answers that, and then you have other parties that speak on youth involvement in government. So I, I, I don't want to point out which parties are those because of um, yeah. none of related to these parties. But I'm saying to them, look, let it not just be a numbers game that you only come and come to the youth only when you need numbers. You know, we only have these discussions when we're approaching voting year, right? right? But from there on, we do not have these discussions. So that's why I'm saying we need more transparency. All right. We're going to continue the conversation in a moment. Thank you, Naledi and Mutao, for what you've already shared so far. It's 10.30, time for the latest news headline. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, we continue the conversation on The Talking Point. We're speaking to young people, in particular around their own participation in the elections. Will they be voting? Won't they be voting? What informs that decision? And do they feel that they're being meaningfully engaged when it comes to uh, some of these conversations of national importance? So, Zenith, I'm going to come to you and ask you the same question that I've asked some of you know your counterparts on the line, um, which is really what is informing your decision to vote or to not vote? I think you said that you're going to be voting. Why do you think it's important for you to participate? Thank you so much, Kathy. I believe in the power of voting. I mean, next year is 30 years since our democracy, and it has changed a lot. But I understand Naledi's frustration. I understand Mateo's points in that we seem as the youth to be a bit disgruntled, a bit disillusioned, and feeling like does voting, will it make a difference? It feels almost useless in, for the youth. Because 30 years ago, our parents who had this opportunity to do it for the first time, they had a clear goal of fighting for political freedom and now that we have that political freedom we kind of like what is our next fight that economic freedom that empowerment the youth employment but it almost feels powerless i think that is the general feel of the youth um Vahangwele, let me come to you and ask you 
you, because you are actively working with other young people and encouraging them to vote, based on what we have heard already, the, the dissatisfaction with how life has turned out for young people in this country, what do you say to the young people that you encounter who share what our guests have shared this morning and say, well, the system is not working. For Mutawa, it's a change of strategy. Um, for Naledi, it's saying, I'm not participating because I don't think there'll be anything different. And for Zenith, I think in as much as she believes in voting, she also very much sounds like she's lost hope in what the outcome in, in in what outcomes that vote that 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 she makes can actually represent or or what it will lead to um well i share the sentiments of my counterparts you know regarding um how things are going in the country right now uh, especially you know with uh, the youth um throughout the engagements that we've been doing in communities we've been uh, receiving you know such responses and uh, with young people feeling that they are not, um, you know, adequately uh, engaged, and they feel left out. And mm. uh, most of them, you know, you, you, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about townships where we find a plethora of young people, you know, and most of them are not uh, employed, and which actually leads them, you know, to negative, you know, social behavior like crime, gambling, and all that. And also, you know, it's very important, you know, to highlight that, you know, in those spaces, you know. There isn't any avenue for those young people, you know, to display their talents and have a meaningful, a meaningful participation in their communities. Uh, so they feel, um, you know, around voting, uh, young people feeling that, you know, it's not working for them. I really understand it as a young person, but at the same time, you know, if we are not um, participating in the process, it's not just voting. It means that we are quite content, you know, with the current uh, political status quo. And mm. we, and if you don't do anything about it and, you know, at the same time complain about what's happening, then it sort of makes us, you know, hypocrites um, at the end of the day, you know. Um, so for this democracy to function, it needs the younger cohort, you know, to be um, to, to participate in the processes. That's why I really believe that, you know, we should definitely intensify um, um, things like civic and political uh, political education. Uh, which is quite uh, quite a uh, very important cause mm. throughout the engagements that I've had in communities um, I could tell that a lot of young people they don't know you know um, just like the previous speaker said you know they don't know about the white paper the the, the government processes the structures um, uh, how to you know um, plan a petition you know pickets and all that and and another uh, thing that I've noticed is that we mostly see young people on protest politics, right? Which is good, but also I think, you know, it will be very important, you know, to channel that energy into, um, um, you know, young people having to vote, you know, for their representative cause representation. It really, um, it matters a lot in mm -hmm. a democracy. I, I want you to unpack, unpack this idea of young people feeling left out and not being meaningfully engaged. And, and I'm going to ask all of our guests, um, Zenith, Naledi, and Motel, I'm going to ask all of you to, in your own words, explain to me what it means, at least for you as individuals, when a statement like, we feel left out, we feel that we're not being meaningfully engaged. What, so, so what does that mean? And how different would you want life to be? So what would it look like if you were being meaningfully engaged? What are the alternatives? So that as we speak, 
you're also creating a picture of how else the situation we sit with could be. I'll begin with you, um, Eva Hangwele. Okay. Um, well, when we're talking about, you know, young people um, feeling left out, we mostly look what's happening in our parliament. And I think the average age, you know, for um, the, in, in parliament, it's 61, which is uh, quite concerning because, you know, we actually have a, a very youthful population, but the leadership is actually age, um, aging, uh, which is quite concerning. Um, so when young people, you know, when they look at the whole aspects of politics, they think that, you know, politics is about, you know, the old people and really it's not a thing for them and which is not um, really true. And also, like I touched before that, um, you know, politics finds expression in, in everything. It can be in art, it can be in sports, um, it can be in virus things, you know. So it's just unfortunate that in communities where young people live in mostly like in townships, there are no those there are no platforms for young people, you know, to actually display their talents, you know, to showcase what they can do to contribute, you know, to the greater good, uh, to contribute to um, our economy. Um, so that's why, you know, um, when we're talking about, you know, young people feeling left out, it's the feel around it. And also, I mean, if you're looking at, I think uh, one of the, uh, the the speakers talked about, I think it was Naledi, um, the youth unemployment rate um, being quite high. And also, I think, you know, just um, to have a solution to that, I was actually looking at um, Germany, right? So Germany in 2005, their youth unemployment rate was around 15%, right? So from 2005 until 2015, they managed to reduce their youth unemployment rate to less than 6, uh, 6%. And the way they did that, there was intensification uh, of vocational training. And it goes back to our education system. We are actually fed a lot of theory instead of practice. That's why you find a lot of unemployed graduates sitting around and doing nothing and actually um, being prone to all these um, social ills. So also we need to look in on, in on the aspects of education. How can we actually revitalize our education so that, you know, um, young people, um, you know, there'll be um, competitors in the, jo uh, in the job market. All right. Zenith, I'm going to ask you to answer the same question. What does it mean when young people say that they feel left out, that they're not meaningfully engaged? You can speak for yourself on this issue. I think Vanguele just articulated my sentiments so perfectly, really so, so perfectly, in that majority of the people in our parliament are significantly older and aging, whereas a majority of the population, or at least a third of the population, consists of young people. And so we almost feel as though it is our responsibility, and of which it is our responsibility, and we do have the power to make a change, but it seems like we sort of have to be the ones to clean up this mess that has been made because it is our future. And then we feel as left out, disgruntled in that we have to be the ones to carry and change the current situation because it is our future. We have so much more to it, but we're not the ones creating this mess. Naledi, how do you think young people can be engaged meaningfully? What would meaningful engagement look like for you? Thank you. 
meaningful engagement will mean being accommodated in decision making and not only the older people being in the forefront but youth being engaged and oh thank you hello na lady hello are you still there Yes, I'm still here. All right, we lost you for a bit. So not only um older people being at the forefront, but youth being engaged and being part of the decision making and not being sidelined. All right, Motawa for you. Okay, uh first of all I'd like to uh you know emphasize this point of feeling left out. We're not just feeling left out, we are left out. Do you understand? by by me saying that i mean like look at the transparency in governments uh there are more older people than there are younger people look at the transparency in terms of the economy there are more older people within participating within the economy than younger people look at the job market there are more older people within the job market than the youth within the job market so it's not just a feeling we are left out you understand and another thing is that if we're going to have uh, a solution to this and i'm saying this to to all political leaders and all leaders ac- across the 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 frame is that if we want to have this change and make this change transparent we should have for example education right like i said we should be more educated in uh, passing a bill so that the next time when we come to vote again we 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 reach a voting year again we can say the youth voted for this bill we can be more educated in policies so that when we pass policies the youth voted for this policy the youth voted for this policy in terms of employment no no longer being you know contract when it comes to epws pye so transparency is needed so that the youth can participate in politics the youth can can participate in the economy the youth can participate in job market the youth can participate in you know civic uh, solutions Motawa, for, for, it it sounds it sounds to me that it's not only a question of um just transparency that's needed but education that is needed exactly. um around how democracy works and the different spheres of 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 government and what they all do how they all link up or sync in with each other uh, to to make this country function exactly because of like i said for me it's uh the first time i'll be voting last time i didn't vote because of this lack of education that i'm speaking on right now we 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 we're talking to the youth about voting and there's this discussion around the youth not voting but what happens after elections are we going to stay quiet again and not discuss this and not implement what we have discussed right now about educating the youth in terms of voting and when i'm saying educating the youth in terms of voting i'm also saying that it should begin within from let's say high school from grade 8 where you know such things are introduced so that when we transition from metric into our youthfulness we 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 are now we are now more equipped in decision making because voting is not just voting and casting a ballot paper it's decision making you having an influence in decision making right mm. 
Yeah, we, we continue the conversation on the talking point. Very interesting discussion um, that we're having with a number of young people getting their views around voting. Will they be voting? Won't they be voting? And how do they believe that they can be engaged more meaningfully. The issue of young people, you know, being at the table and making decisions is something that has has come up. But at the same breath, you know, uh, Vahanguel is that um, young people are also saying that, you know, we don't have enough information that can equip us uh, to participate meaningfully. So how do we deal with that? Because on the one hand, it's a we, you know, we must be given a seat at the table. The other is that, well, we don't fully understand the processes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think, you know, the the more information can be circulated on how the process work, you know, the better um, uh, the whole uh, process can be and smooth. Um, I, I think, you know, one of the ways that, you know, information can be circulated and uh, education towards civic and political education can be intensified that we need to integrate, you know, civic and political education into our syllabus, especially in uh, high school, you know. We have a uh, life orientation. Why not integrate, you know, civic and political education into life orientation so that, you know, um, um, learners get to um, learn on how the, the government works, uh, the processes of voting, you know, how to keep their... their representative accountable so we definitely need to um, have that dialogue in integrating the civic and political education in schools and also another solution could be we need more um, community centers um, I mean decades ago we we actually in townships rather you know the existing community centers you know they're not they are no longer saving the papers because most of them, you know, they are vandalized and they have lost um, their papers. So we definitely need, you know, to have more community centers. Those community centers will serve, you know, as a means of information to especially young people who are living in those certain um, communities. And I think, you know, in doing that, you know, it will enable those young people in those communities um, to um, to educate themselves on, on how the processes work and also how they can actually um, um, uh, participate meaningfully and also, I mean, um, if any of them, you know, want to maybe um, run for election, they need to know that these are the processes, these um, are the institutions, you know, to interact with. So I think, you know, th those are just um, some of the solutions that we need to um, explore in order to circulate information and to, uh, to intensify civic and political education. All right. We're going to continue this conversation in a moment. I'll also take some of the WhatsApp voice notes you've been sending through. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Who to vote for? It's a, a question that's coming up in a number of uh, the voice notes that we have. So I'm going to put it out to the young people that are part of this uh, conversation. Zenith? who to vote for. I don't want you to necessarily give me a political party, but I want you to tell me what are you looking for in the organization that is likely to earn your vote? Who to vote for? Kathy, that is the question of the day. I really agree that we need more education as youth on politics. The youth vote really has the power to sway the decisions of next year's elections, but we're so divided because we really don't know who to vote for. But as one of the listeners said, um, 
I am really looking for people that would be able to engage with young people on a long-term basis. So the vote that we make today, we want to see these changes reflected in the next 10, 20, 30 years with people who have that same vision for young people going forward. So I'm definitely looking around those lines. So you're looking for a party that has a clear vision for young people. Exactly. All right. Fantastic. Muteo, what are you looking for in the (laughs) political party that you could well vote for? Well, uh, the question is who to vote for, right? Uh, Look, for me, let's look at what we need. There's high unemployment. Uh, there's, you know, problem with immigration. There's still the land question. There's, uh, you know, changing the educational system. So if we look at our problems and then we look at parties that bring those solutions, then that party that brings those solutions is the right party to vote for. <laughs> so uh, if that party answers those questions for me personally and for the youth that relate to what I'm saying, for the people who do relate what I'm saying, yeah, that touch is for and it was something no. All right, um, I'm so sorry. It looks like we're losing looks like we're losing you on, on that line. The connection just went bad. So um but we heard what is on your list um of things that you are going to be taking off when you're looking for a political party to vote for. Now lady, you said that you are not going to be voting um, and that you feel that part of the process is that it's completely useless. What would it take to change your mind? What would it take to change my mind is that having a government that sees and hears the youth and feels that the youth is more than capable to bring change and uplift the communities. That is the government and the party that I'm going to vote for. So the party that does accommodate um, youth and involve them in decision making and doesn't put them in the back line. Doesn't make them feel sidelined and put them at the forefront as they put the elder people at the forefront. So Naledi, between now and, and the next elections, of course, um, you know, the, the time might be short for a party to demonstrate that. So um, how are you going to be telling whether or not they, they, you, you can believe some of the commitments and promises that are being made? So, so what I'm asking you is is that between now and when the elections will be held um, mm. sometime next year is a very short space of time. So the political parties that you, you are, you know, that are currently represented, there might not be enough time for them to actually show that that is what they can do. So how will you be gauging whether or not um, they in fact can do what you are looking at? If so, then I'll speak to my to my, to my position of not voting, which is what is in voting for a party that doesn't bring change. So it's better for me to keep my decision. Okay. All right. Thanks for that, Naledi, out in um, Lotus Garden. So, Vahangwele, I'm going to wrap it up with you. You've got the last word. Who to vote for? What What are you? What's on your top li- uh, top four list of things to look at? Well, the question who to vote for uh, it's the question that I always get through 
community engagements from young people, especially the, the ones who are interested in voting, but they don't know who to vote for. But uh, personally for me, I think um, the political party or an independent that I want to vote for, it should be, um, you know, um, let me say a party that proposes um, new leaders, that proposes um, new answers to the, uh, to the uh, problems we are actually currently facing. I'm talking about a political party, you know, that talks about um, nation building, that talks about um, community, you know, that talks about the economy. Um, that's the party that actually I would actually vote for. And a political party that has its roots, its roots within um, communities and um, a party that actually, you know, engaging with young people and also a political party that um, is uh, inclusive, it's uh, diverse. And also, just like um, the speaker, the, I think it's the previous speaker, um, uh, I think the speaker said that, you know, a political party that doesn't, you know, um, have um, young people, you know, in the back seat, but um, actually has uh, young people uh, at the seat of the table and allow them to be part of decision making. Right. That is the political party that I'm actually looking for. And to Naledi, there is hope, uh, my sister, just... Look around, um, just look at the political parties that are there, do your research about them, just um, you know, make a decision and um, just see which political party actually really, really resonate with you and the community you are from. All right. Thank you so much uh, to everybody that has come onto the show to be part of this conversation over the last hour. It's time for the latest news update.